0: Welcome to the Grasping Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Kimbrough. I just graduated from George Fox University and I'm on a journey to become the absolute best version of myself. And it's inspired me to start this podcast to speak to exceptional people on all areas of life, mindset, purpose, faith, and so much more. I'm really excited you're here. In this season, I speak with eight stellar George Fox University 2020 graduates on their unique backgrounds, time at George Fox, mindset about life and faith, and how they're approaching the future. Thank you so much for joining us. My guest today is Jaden Sheffy. Jaden is an ambitious natural leader that I've had the pleasure to get to know the last two years. He has started at quarterback his first and only two years of school at George Fox, but most importantly, Jaden is a humble follower of Christ. In our conversation today, we get deep into how he's both an ambitious person that also serves the Lord. We discuss football, failures, character, identity, idols, and so much more. I really hope you enjoy. In between recording this and releasing this, I'm stoked to say that Jaden committed to the University of Washington to play football and get his MBA. Huge, huge congrats to him. And we're good, I think. All right, Jaden Sheffy, thank you so much for being a part of this. Glad, glad glad, to be a part of it. Yeah, and no, I really appreciate your time. Definitely. So I just, I kind of want to start out. Um, how are you doing in all this? How's it being home? How's the family doing? How's, how are you handling everything with COVID-19?
1: It's pretty good. Uh, it's definitely an adjustment, you know, just when I, when we, when we go outside for like groceries or stuff like that, and like no one's on the streets, uh, mm-hmm. there's no one's around. It's kind of a weird feeling. Um first couple of weeks of being home, I just, it didn't feel real to me. So, um, it's taken a while and right now I'm just trying to stay busy. Um, family's healthy, which is a blessing. So mm-hmm. it's been good. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I feel like that's the biggest thing. It's, it's hard. It's obviously we can complain about a lot right now, but as long as the family's healthy, it's, it's pretty hard to complain. Yeah. Kind definitely. of way I've been thinking about it. Yeah. So i, I kind of, so I haven't been on social media in a while and I just saw that you were doing a GoFundMe page. Yep, And so for those that don't know, just explain what it is and kind of why you started that.
1: Yeah. So I I really just have a passion for people and um, I've always loved to do community service. Um, And so the Lord just kind of put on my heart one morning. I was like, hey, you know, there's actually a lot of people that have it way worse than we do right now. You know, no food, homeless, um, without a family and just stuff like that. So um there's a foundation in my hometown area called HopeLink and it's kind of similar to Salvation Army but um it's more kind of a food drive uh for children and families that are, are struggling and don't really have a stable shelter of life and and home so i was like you know what maybe maybe through this uh this virus this global pandemic that we're all suffering from um there's definitely people that could use our help, so why not? Why not start a fund and see uh, who's willing to pitch in? See what God does. So that's kind of where uh, my heart was with that, and we're actually we raised 75% of uh, the goals so in just a week. So it's it's a blessing, and uh, we're just ultimately the goal is just um, continue to spread awareness for those families that are in that situation. It, it's not about the money. It's just making sure the message gets out there, and that. Um, people are at least supporting and helping one another.
0: Mm, That's fantastic. Yeah, no, it says a lot. It's yeah, no, I'm impressed. Um, That's really tough to do. Honestly, it's just the whole idea that like you said, it's, I mean, obviously you want to raise as much money as you can to help everyone out. But at the end of the day, it's really about just putting adding perspective to this, you know, Definitely. and the fact that we don't get to graduate, or the fact that we have online classes, is minimal in comparison to really what could be going wrong and what could be happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a unique perspective. For sure. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that um, through this whole time, um, it's it's just a lot of people to, like really identify the true realities of their life. You know, there's so many distractions that we've had. Um, just in like our normal days of life just with busyness uh classes social activities athletics music whatever whatever someone does or um finds passion about that you know takes place around people or out out in public that we don't get to do anymore so it kind of feels like almost that all of our like worldly idols have been stripped away Mm -hmm. so we've really had to focus on what's important and what's real so i i feel like there's been a lot of people during this time that have been supportive of others and um, really looking out for other people's needs, which is good. You know, we we, all, we always can use more of that in society, anyway.
0: Definitely. So, Tom, I want you to I want you to hit on worldly idols. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, everyone kind of actually, not kind of, but it's an absolute. Everyone everyone has some sort of idol. Um, for me, mine's mine would be football. Um, and just sports, you know, that's kind of my way of releasing anxiety or stress and something I love to do. And it's something I overthink too, you know, when things don't go my way. Um, there's a lot of things in this life that we hold on a pedestal and when things don't work out the way we want or the way we've planned, like we get frustrated and irritated about it. And I think like this pandemic is just a good reminder that we all have idols, whether it's sports, uh, sports. Whether it's business, whether it's academics, grades, um, people, um, we all put something above God the majority of the time. And so when we're able to, when that's taken away and stripped away from us and we can't do anything about it, uh, there's only kind of one way to turn. That's to back to God. So, you know, it all comes kind of, it, it all comes back full circle to just realizing that um, there's a lot more to life than our passions and desires and stuff and you know this this world doesn't last forever so it's really about how we view things and what perspective we have
0: that's so interesting yeah really interesting perspective do you feel like you've always had that perspective
1: no no not at all um i feel like you know it kind of comes on and off for me um there's some times where you know i'm that's like full the full front of my mind Um, and other times, you know, I kind of lose track of that, but I think that's normal for everybody. Um, especially people like, you know, you and I in our twenties and in college, and and, you know, it's a time of, uh, making sure you're setting yourself up for your future and, and growing and establishing yourself. And I think, I I think it can be hard a lot of the times for a lot of people that have ambitions and goals. And uh, when things don't work out, it's like, man, you know, we, we, we get down on ourselves and, you know, just a reminder that God's in control and, you know, we can't, we can't put things of this life. Like it's not the end all be all, you know, it's not going to last and it's only a short time of our lives. And just kind of have to think about that sometimes. And definitely this pandemic has reminded me of that and I'm sure it has for others too.
0: Hmm, That's really unique. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, we can kind of, sit in our sorrows and get fearful and do all that kind of stuff where we can see kind of this obstacle as an opportunity, right. And yeah. to kind of focus on really what's important and yeah. take a step back and kind of be grateful and spend time with family. And it's all just an opportunity at the end of the day, if we can flip the script. And I think the whole country, the whole world is really going to come out stronger after this. And I think if they don't, then everyone really missed a huge opportunity Definitely. through all of this. Yeah. yeah. No, I so I I want to, Yeah, I want to dig into also. You said that sometimes you feel like it's on and off, Mm -hmm. where you feel like you know your focus on the Lord and on God is is most important and most prevalent. When when do you feel like it's on, and when do you feel like it's off? What gets you caught up in those? Um,
1: Again, I think it's just you know the busyness of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, The our worldly idols do get in the way. Uh, One thing one of my mentors always told me is. He has an acronym for the word busy, and it means burden under Satan's yoke. And what that means is um, the stuff that we are distracted with in life, it kind of like bogs us down, and it distracts us from what's really important. And I think, you know, this could be said for a lot of people, but for me personally, um, I lose sight of that the most is when life is going the way I want and when it's going well. And when life's going well— you know, I start to get a little arrogant. I think, oh, I must, I must, I must have, I must have something to do with this. You know, I'm doing well. Things are working out. Uh, football's going well. Life's going well. My relationships are good. And then that's when I start to think, you know, this, there is there is a lot more to this life than than what is the reality. And the reality mm-hmm. is, you know, it's not about the world. It's not about goals and it's not about football and stuff like that it's really about the impact that you leave on others and how are we as people like worshiping god and everything that mm. we do because if the idol is more than if we hold the idol to a higher standard or pedestals we do god then we're, we miss the whole point
0: mm. that's so interesting yeah This honestly wasn't how I was expecting to start the conversation, but I absolutely (laughs) love it. It's such a unique perspective, especially in these times where I think everyone's kind of looking for guidance, right? And I think the guidance is just like you said, it's in, it's in him. So that's so unique. Uh, You keep bringing up football as an idol. And I kind of want to dig into that just because I think the people that are going to listen to us, I think maybe they're not playing football, but I think a lot of them do have big goals, right? Mm -hmm. They're very ambitious. And so I would just love to kind of get in, you've been playing football pretty much your whole life. Is that right? Uh, since sixth grade. So since sixth grade, wow, pretty much. (laughs) That's crazy, dude. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, I mean, why do you, why do you love football so much?
1: There's a, there's a lot of reasons why I love it, but, um, I just, I relate it to life a lot. Um, life has a lot of up and down ups and downs and the game of football does too. For those Mm -hmm. who've watched it and know the game, um, and what's unique about football in comparison to like basketball golf or track, you know, things like that, you know, football is truly a team sport. Like you need all, you need all your other teammates to make it work. And for people who haven't played football, what kind of a week looks like is, you know, you have Monday, you have the meetings, the film, the practice Tuesday is the same thing. You're lifting throughout the week, you know, you're doing all these things. And, all this preparation is like 40 plus hours into a week before you actually play a game. And this is just in season. And, you know, the key thing about all that is you're only playing one game. It's not like basketball where you get two or three a week. It's it's all that for one game. And then after that, you do it all over again. So you can't cheat the game for sure. Um, it's gonna It's going to give back what you invest in it. So, the harder you work at it, the the more results you're gonna see um, out of it. And so that's why I love the game, and you know you really make your at least for me um i my best friends have come from the football team. you know you just there's just memories you create um on the field, off the field, in the locker room uh, with guys and um all the laughter that you have with your teammates and stuff like that. They're just really unique, and so that's something you just really can't get anywhere else. And that, that's, that's, those are some of the reasons why I love the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just kind of sounds about life. Right? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Yeah. I feel like that's relevant to every scenario, every thing, every area of life, whether yeah. that's sports, business, whatever it is. Um, I think that's so interesting. You hit on your friends and like, I, I agree. I think, you know, I played baseball the last three years at Fox as well. And it's just, it's like your automatic best friends, you know, because yeah. you spend so much time with them. Right. And you get to do just such cool things on the field. You get to compete together, all that kind of stuff. So you're a quarterback. And what is it like to kind of have your friends right off the field, but then also be put in a position where you really have to lead so much? Sure. It's like how have you managed those relationships? Do you feel like because you have those friendships, it kind of makes leading easier? Or how how have you gone about that?
1: Yeah. Um, at Fox, you know, people people for the most part, I, I think the majority are very genuine people. Um, so it's been a blessing to like make friendships there, and a lot of a lot of my friends do come from the football team, and you know the key the key to the key to it all, especially as being a quarterback, it's it's really how you carry yourself on and off the field. I mean, quarterbacks that have two personalities. Um, Act one way on the field, act another way off the field. Um, it's hard to keep the respect from all your, from, from your team, you know, and uh, quarterback being such a position where, you know, it's kind of all eyes on you at all times. Uh, you, it's not necessarily about being on your best behavior. It's, it's how you act when no one's watching mm-hmm. and it's how you act when like, you're not around a coach or you're not around students or you're not around professors, but how are you, are you acting the same as you would act around those people, like around your friends? So that's kind of the key thing with the position, at least, um, with my friends, you know, it's not really, a. Oh, we'll use a quarterback. Like he's different in terms of like, you know, we have to treat him a certain way or it's, it's not about that. You know, it's not about one position or it's not about one player. It's a team thing. And so I really carry that in my friendships. Um, I I always try to put others first, um, and do the same thing on the field, because um, you you know you have to, you know that's that's just the thing you have to do, and it's an honor to be in that position to lead guys that way. Um, your 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 bond and your friends and your friendships with others like just grow stronger when mm-hmm. you're putting others before yourself, and that, again it goes back to life too. Um, you know it says in the Bible that arrogance is man like man's downfall like pride comes before the fall so it's just it's really about how you carry carry yourself and are you being someone like that's full of integrity
0: how do you recognize when you're feeling prideful or how do you recognize that arrogance do you feel like a certain way is it certain things you do how do you recognize that
1: uh it's more mental Hmm. i think it's a more of a mental thing um there's definitely a difference though between confidence and arrogance. Totally. Um and I think it goes really back to what you're putting as your priorities. Um if you know, your certain idol for me, like I've said, it's football. If that is overcoming my life, you know, I'm gonna think more selfishly. Um if I'm thinking about others and thinking about God and and his perspective of how he sees football, then you know, my the, the arrogance isn't gonna be there and you know one thing that i've always been reminded of is that god God really doesn't care about football you know that's not the point god doesn't care about that i play quarterback or god doesn't care about the wins and losses that that's not the whole point of this Um, the whole point is to impact people that are on the team and off the team Uh, just a small example i'm sure you've probably experienced this well with baseball but you know when you had the little bruins camps you know when kids Mm -hmm get to come and hang out with you for a couple hours and you get to show them position drills and, um, what the program's like, like that, that, that's the kind of stuff that that's worth it. And that's, it's cool to see, you know, I remember being in, in those, in those positions as a little kid, you know, going to camps and stuff, seeing older high schoolers or older college players and you know, you look up to them Mm -hmm. and you want to be the type of guy that someone looks up to and, uh, not necessarily they look up to you and they want to be you, but they notice something different about your character. Hmm. That's different from the typical stereotypical athlete. I never want to be seen like that. Um hmm. especially with the quarterback, you know, most people tie in arrogance with the QB. Hmm. And I, I, I've never wanted to be that guy. And um I never want my friends to think of me that way because at the end of the day, I'm not better than anyone else just because I play a certain position. Um, we all breathe the same air as my old coach used to say, and we all put our pants on the same way, right? So it's not like I'm different from anyone else. And that's that's kind of how I try to view life as much as possible.
0: That's interesting. It's a good perspective. You keep talking about character, right? mm. And you kind of define it as what are you like when no one else is looking? Right? And it's hard because yeah, – it's really hard when, you know, when all the eyes are on you, you kind of feel this almost this sense of obligation sure. that they expect you to be a certain way, all that kind of stuff. But when no one's watching, it's almost on yourself, right? And it's right. completely on yourself. And it sounds like you take a lot of ownership with that. So, I mean, just talk me through, we kind of talked about a little bit, how else would you define character and how, how are you conscious about that when no one else is looking?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I define character as, the way you carry yourself, and what is true, like what what truly what is truly the the purpose of your heart, like what's your intentions, what's your motive. Um, there's a lot of good people in the world that don't necessarily have the best intentions, and so it's really all about perspective, and it's about what you find like peace in, and what you find your identity in. Um, if your identity, you know, let's just take, for example, if your identity is in money, money, something is, is something that doesn't last. It's a, it's a helpful tool and you definitely need it to survive and purchase things and, um, do business. But if that, if that's what drives your heart, then it's, it's not, it's not going to end well. You can't serve money and God at the same time. you know, I, I feel that's very similar to idols too. You can't serve both at once. And so it's about where, like, what is your purpose in? Um, I just was having a conversation with one of my best friends uh, just last week. And we were talking about uh, professional athletes. And he was saying that, and, the, and this is the reality, like a lot of players that are in the NFL, NBA, even collegiate athletics, um, what happens is, you know, something doesn't work out where maybe they made a mistake. Um, that reflects their character in a poor way and their career's over you know some of those guys go back working in a nine to five job that were playing professional sports because they either had bad character or they just didn't know like how to handle life off the field and so that's really what matters is having that identity most people have the mindset that oh my my identity is in business or my identities in football, or my identities in whatever sport I play, and when it when your identity is in something of this life, when it's gone, you're gone. You know, you don't have you don't have any wholeness about you anymore. It's like you were so wrapped up in that thing. Like once that thing gone is gone, you feel like you're stripped of everything you had. And so that's the same thing with with character is you got to make sure you're setting yourself up to be grounded in the true foundation of what's important it can't you know it's it's very similar to when people in architecture when they build a building you don't build something on sand or like Mm -hmm. you don't build something that's going to collapse you need to build something on that's going to last and that's going to be stable Um, football sports that all that stuff is like sand it just it Mm -hmm. goes at some point everyone has to be done playing the sport they love like at mm-hmm. some point it ends at some point people that are high up in business that ends everything in this life ends it's about spiritually and like mentally like what what are you what's your purpose in life and that that can, that can only be found one way um and that's through christ but that you know everyone has a different answer for that and it's okay like it's okay if people have a different answer for that but It's just the reality of the situation.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. It just, when you talk about, you know, your identity and these things that are worldly and it just kind of makes me think that we kind of need to take a step back and think, you know, football, school, sports, business are all just tools, right? Mm -hmm. And I think they're tools to just earn vehicles, even vehicles to get us where we want to go right yeah. and maybe maybe it's a good vehicle for the time but at some point you know you're going to need a new vehicle and kind of like you said that purpose your identity that's kind of what drives you and that's your north star and that's your direction and so that these vehicles kind of take you really where you need to go instead of the destination being the vehicle right you know your destination is something completely separate and the vehicle takes you there i think that's such a unique perspective and you know for people that don't know i mean you came in you did running start right in college. And Mm -hmm. so that means you did community college in high school. And the first two years, all your gen eds got knocked out and you're still technically, I mean, age wise, you just finished your sophomore year, but you're about to graduate, which is awesome in itself. And congratulations. And that also means that football might be done. I mean, do you, do you think it's done? Is this it for you?
1: Um, well, I'm in the process of transferring right now um just because i'm graduating um but you know that's kind of the thing that i've i've had to learn as well just just this year to be honest and um it's just that you know we all have ambitions and a set goal that we have somewhere we want to get but at the end of the day like if that doesn't work out like are you going to be okay Mm -hmm. and that goes back to what's your identity in and so my goal is still to play um currently in that process right now. But um they've got us different plans and I'm I'm gonna have to adjust accordingly, you know, and hope and yeah. hope to hope to be a part of football in some other way, maybe coaching or helping mm. out young young kids. But mm. uh, definitely just still trying to play right now and that's my hope that I'll I'll still get to play for for two more years.
0: No, that's awesome. Definitely so you probably go get your NBA then that's somewhere the, that's yeah. the goal. That's, no, that's the awesome. I, I just yeah, no, that's really cool. Very cool. So I kind of want to ask you, we talked about ambitions, right? And you, the whole idea that you can't serve God and you can't serve money at the same time. And I've honestly struggled with this a lot. Not that I want to serve money, but the idea that if I want to serve God, I can't make a lot of money, maybe, for example. And so sure. I want to ask you just, is it bad to make a lot of money? And can you still serve God if you make a lot of money? Yeah,
1: uh, it's funny you ask that because my dad and I have been having a lot of talks about that, hmm. um, and it's hard. It's hard because with money, it just come it, with money. So many problems come with it: hmm. um, distractions, temptations. Um, but honestly, like it's really up to you and God, you know. He, he he determines what what we do in this life like what we accomplish and i think that you know making a lot of money is is not a bad thing at all um, getting far in something in life is not bad it's just what's your mindset with it is is that money that you make is it ruling your life is it like affecting your relationships is it affecting your work is it affecting Uh, Like, are you putting that before things that are that should be at first priority, Um, like family and God, for example? But to make money is not bad at all, and to make a lot of it isn't bad, it's just where is your heart at with it? Is it Mm -hmm. oh, I like I gotta make X amount of money to feel successful or feel like I've made it? That's that's when it becomes a problem, and you know, there are a lot of professional athletes and. Um, artists like singers and um, actors, actresses that are believers and make a ton of money, you know, and that's not a bad thing at all, but at the end of the day, it comes down to um, how to, what what are you doing with that money and are you hoarding it for yourself or Mm -hmm. are you giving back? Are you helping other people? And that's really what God commands uh, us to do as believers. If we have an abundance of money, it's, it does say in the Bible that Need to be willing to give that back and, you know, um, pour it into other people, and so there's there's a balance with everything. Um, mm. Having an abundance of tools is is not a bad thing though at yeah. all.
0: Yeah, I love how you said tools there because it's kind of like you said if you wrap your identity, in it, and if that's your destination is to make a lot of money, then it's probably gonna lead you astray. But if yeah. your destination and your direction is pure, and your intentions are pure, and then you use money as another tool, right? Or a vehicle that can help you make a bigger impact on the world or, you know, do things for others that you wouldn't be able to do without money. I mean, all that, it's just a resource, right? And it's just a tool. And I mean, I'm a a firm believer right now. Obviously, neither of us are making a ton of money, so it's hard to have that perspective yet. But the idea that I think, you know, money doesn't define you, I think it just kind of exposes you a little yeah. bit, right? And hey. so,
1: yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's different for each person because there could be one Christian that doesn't really hold money that high, but has a lot of money. Hmm. Um, and there could be a, another person with this making the same amount of money that really, really struggles with it. So, you know, it's just, it really depends on the person, depends on what, God has allowed that person to experience, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's not up for us to decide at the end of the day. It's just about where your heart is and, um, where you find purpose.
0: Yeah, And no, I definitely want to resonate that because I think I've even seen, and you know, things I've stories I've read people I've seen is that sometimes the more scarcity mindset that people have when it comes to money, like the less abundant of money that they actually have. So if they feel like they have to protect everything and that every dollar is so important and they don't actually trust that God is abundant and this world is abundant and that they can make as much money as they want or that really God will provide, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day. I think if they trust that God will provide, I think he will, right? And if that means that they need to make a lot of money, then I think they will, I really do. And then they can steward, be a steward of those resources. For sure. So I I mean, kind of on that note, I want to talk about, I guess there's a couple things. First, so you mentioned a little earlier that there's a lot of good people out in the world, right? But there's some good people with bad intentions. And so this is something I struggle with too. And this is not not saying this exact topic, but let's say that he's a really good person or she's a really good person and they're still doing really big things and good things, but they don't have the best intentions right? Or they don't have the best ways of doing things. But if the result is that they're still helping people and they're impacting people, but maybe they still don't have the best intentions, does that make them a bad person? I mean, is that, are they astray? I don't know. Does that make any sense?
1: Could you you maybe give me an example of somebody or maybe an example in history or something like that?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, let's say someone's intention is to make a lot of money and sell a lot of books, but... And they don't have a whole lot of original ideas, you know, it's not really their own work, but the way that they've packaged a book, the way that they've packaged their ideas is really resonating with people. And it's actually impacting them and changing their lives. Is it bad that just their intentions aren't that good, but their result is that they're seriously like impacting people and changing their lives? Is that like where's where's kind of the balance in that?
1: Yeah, I just in, in that specific example. I think it really depends on um, is the intention something that is furthering others like in a healthy way or is the intention personal? What I mean by that is, is the intention so that you can make money and get popular off other people's ideas and thoughts? Or is it because, you know, maybe there's an original idea that may not make sense to many people. So you're trying to break it down so that others understand and that others become more knowledgeable because that's what you love to do those are two separate things so uh, the first one is definitely not not the greatest because you know your intention is focused on i'm going to make money off something i didn't create and hope to you know just live off of that that's not healthy but is it because you love to break down other people's ideas so that other people that may not be as mindful about those topics issues whatever it may be can understand then that's a whole different thing so it really just depends on like what the goal is in terms of like what you want your end result to be and it depends on your intentions of like who is it impacting are you doing it solely just so that you can gain popularity money for yourself or is it for others hmm. there's definitely a fine yeah. line but it really depends on each situation
0: yeah, totally. And I think, I guess the biggest question is like, what happens when it's both, you know, like what happens when your intentions are to become famous and popular and make a lot of money, but then along the way you really are impacting people and you're changing their lives. And so I just, I just asked that, I mean, it's kind of, it's a very specific example, but I think it's just hard because at least I've noticed too, that motivation can wane a little bit when more like you know, I've just struggled with having ambitions and then also like serving God. And I just really want, I want those two to align, you know, and I just, I think there is a balance there and there's a way I think you can do both. And like you said, though, it's just trusting God's plan and understanding that those ambitions are rooted in him and that's the most important. And if you're serving others and that's kind of your priority, I think naturally, maybe you are going to gain some fame right? You are going to gain some popularity, right? If you're an amazing football player, people are going to like watching you, right? They're, you know, eventually like you make it, you get drafted, they're going to pay you. You're going to make a lot of money. But if you're still trying to serve people and serve the Lord, it's, I don't think it's bad, but I was just wondering, like, you know, do you feel like you struggle with motivation sometimes when it comes like, yeah. And serving the Lord. Oh, all the time. And it's funny that you ask
1: because it's really a conversation I've been having with multiple people just this whole year, um, and there is a, there is definitely a, like a fine line and a balance that you have to have. Um, it goes back to like again, not only your identity, but like what you want to get out of it. If you're just pursuing something to become famous, you know, then then you're missing the point because you're gonna do whatever it takes to make yourself go far. You know, that's the whole point of being famous. It's making sure that it's it's putting yourself on a platform that people easily identify who you are based off what they see. That's what fame is. Um, with ambitions, it's not bad to have ambitions at all. Um, it's, it's a good thing to have goals and um, and set things up for yourself to where you want to see yourself in the future. You want to see something being met. That That's not a bad thing. It's just that if that goal doesn't work out, how is your attitude going to be? Is it going to be like, man, like I failed or God, why is this happening to me? You know, you're not looking out for me. And it goes back to what uh, it says in the Bible. It says, you know, for I know all the, uh, for I know the plans I have for you in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And our plans are not God's. And, you know, definitely for myself, like. Sometimes I think that my plans are God's and so when it doesn't work out, I'm like, what do you, I like ask God, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, that's my attitude. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why isn't this working out for me? Like I've done this, I've done that. And you see how like the mentality, like it starts becoming about what I've done. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's what, that's when you go wrong is when it becomes about like, well, I've done this, I've done that. I have, I did this to become successful. I followed all the steps, like stuff like that. When it be when it becomes about that, then that's when we're like missing the mark. Because with ambitions and goals, we're supposed to have them. You know, we're we're called to work all the time. We're always called to work. Um, but if that work is reflecting what we want and trying to further like our own image, then you have to ask yourself like Is my is my motivation right? And it's not bad to create a brand for yourself and create a name and build your career. That's, that's not what I'm saying. It's just, what is your mentality about it? Are you mm. letting your brand and your image drive you? Mm. If that's what's driving you, then at some point, if it doesn't work out, you're going to have to ask yourself, okay, what do I have left to give?
0: Mm.
1: Since my ambitions and my goal that I wanted to see happen for myself is gone, what else am I going to do? So it's just, it's just it's just it's a fine line, but it's just having that right balance and knowing that you know just because you don't meet a goal doesn't mean you failed it doesn't mean God is trying to hold you back. It may just mean there's something else that he's got for you that you didn't see coming and eventually will end end up being a lot better than what you initially planned for.
0: Hmm. yeah, I love that. It's kind of like if you focus on that North Star. Right. And let's say one of your vehicles breaks down. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, why did my vehicle just break down? That's a, you know, failing of a goal. Why did it just break down? And you're like, wait, I can fix this. Right. I yeah. can just get a new vehicle. Right. And maybe God wanted you to be in a different vehicle using different tools. And you yeah. don't know that. And it sucks in the moment yeah. when you fail and your car breaks down. Right. Your car just broke down. You're like, what is going on? But maybe it broke down so that it wouldn't run off the road later. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that's a, I don't know know if that's a great example, but it's just the idea that, yeah, it's like, it's hard to know that God has a plan. So I want to, I want to talk through, what do you think, how do you deal with your failures? Like how do, what have you learned from them? How do you, you talk about attitude a lot. What is like, how do you approach that?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I'm, I, as you know, I'm a very ambitious person. Mm -hmm. So this is, this topic is like something I've really had to reflect on. Most of that reflection actually come from just being locked up inside these this past month. But um, yeah, I really struggle with ambitions and goals because I, I have a lot of them. And I try to hold myself to a, a really high standard. And f- failures, at least for me, it's, it's difficult at first because it's either... Not necessarily I made it I may have made a mistake, as you know, we all make mistakes every day, including myself. But, you know, let's say a goal doesn't work out. For me personally, I, I chalk that I chalk that up as a failure. You know? And so dealing with that, for me at first, I'm I'm pretty irritated at myself and frustrated with God at first. That's kind of how I deal with it. And then I kind of, and then I come back. He, he brings me back around and I remember I was like, like, oh, okay. It's not about that. You know, it's not about what I want for myself. Um, there's been several situations in life where something goes a different direction. And, you know, two, three, four years later, you know, kind of that light bulb turns on. I'm like, oh, that's why that happened three or four years ago. That That's why i hear I'm where I am right now um maybe it was to meet somebody, maybe it was uh to impact another person during a hard time of theirs and to be there for them uh you just you just never know uh one of my old coaches called it um a god appointment hmm. and what that what that meant to him was there were times in life where god um took him off in a different direction. And he was frustrated. He's like, why, why is that happening? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why on earth would, you know, you want me to go down this road? And then, you know, a couple years later, a couple months later, how, however long it may be, you know, that the, the answer is finally, finally there right in front of him. It's like, oh, okay. Like I, I was supposed to meet that person or impact this family for that reason. That wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have had that failure or if that goal wouldn't have worked out. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of how I look at it in the moment though. Definitely. It's hard
0: because
1: mm-hmm. it's, cause you're, your mind's racing. You're like, oh, I didn't meet my goal. And you know, for, for ambitious people and people that love goals and tasks, completing tasks, like that's hard. I know it is for me. It's when, when you don't meet a task, it's like, man, I messed up. Um, you, you get down on yourself for a while. And then mm-hmm. at least, for, at least for me, it takes me a couple, a couple of days, a couple of weeks to kind of like resurface and understand, mm-hmm. okay, maybe God has a different plan or maybe that'll work out for the better. And, but it definitely takes a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it kind of, like you said, you don't have to sugarcoat it. Like in the moment it sucks. It right? does. Yeah. It's not fun. And so, I mean, you know, it said it takes, you know, a couple of days or, even a couple of weeks for you. And so, I mean, how does that process go? Is it just time through healing that realizing like a light just switches and you say, okay, maybe God has different plans or is it, you know, you seeking him out or you reflecting or you kind of reassessing where you want to head? I mean, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, For me, definitely something I struggle with is that, you know, I, I need to get better at and God's working on me is when something goes wrong, I usually go to like a mentor or someone I hold like in a really high in a, a really high regard. I usually go to them first before I even pray or anything like that. So going to them like not only encourages me, but it's kind of like a comforting thing for me mm-hmm. just to hear like other people that have gone before me maybe experience what I have, maybe not. But just to hear some type of advice or reassurance that, you know, is my thinking off base. Um, and when I tell them that, you know, oftentimes to be completely honest, like God, God's kind of the last person I go to. And so I just think that over this past year, I've really been reflecting on that too. And trying to understand that God desires a relationship. And when things don't work out, the first person I should be going to is God, but You know, a lot of the times that's not necessarily the case. I usually look for man's like reassurance or um, affirmation to like comfort me while I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so, and then over time, like God has to show me that that in itself is not the right way to handle things either. So that's just kind of my initial um, frustrations when something doesn't work out. Mm
0: -hmm. No, it's definitely, it's hard to go to God because whether, and it's, it feels guilty, like when you think about it, but sometimes we think like, God, this is, you know, why did you not let this happen? Right. And we almost, I almost feel guilty to go to him sometimes. Right. And that's exactly yeah. like, I feel like that's the enemy. A lot of the times yeah. that's negative energy because yeah. he wants a relationship with us. Like he said, no matter what, and he knows we're imperfect, right? We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. And so it's impossible. And so one thing I do want to resonate though, is that you go to mentors or people that you look up to. And I Mm -hmm. truly, truly believe that God can speak through those people as well. Right. And so I think there's a balance there where, yes, we should be going to God probably first, but he can also speak through other people. And so that's important as well. And so you've talked a few times about coaches that have really impacted you mentors, people that you've kind of seeked out. And so, I mean, are these all people that you've just seeked out and kept in relationship with through all, through all these years?
1: Yeah, um, I've had coaches and mentors I've met along the way that I still stay in touch with. And, you know, that's another reason I love football, too. It's a, it's a really good networking opportunity and just sports in general. It's just relationships last a lifetime. And so it's, it's, it's a blessing to have those type of like older men in my life that I can go back to and, you know, ask questions or share information with about what I'm thinking and so it's it's nice to have those kind of people in your life for sure.
0: Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. It's been some of the people that have impacted me the most are those that either have been through my shoes, right? And know what I'm going through, have been there. They just have that perspective, right? And the expertise, or they're something where I value in them, whether it's character, whether it's ambitions, right? And goals, things they've accomplished. And I think some of my biggest breakthroughs in ways that I've advanced the most are through people that just Mm. are smarter than I am and just ways that I can learn from them, right? And so I just, I think it's so valuable. So, I mean, how do you go about seeking people? Like, do you seek people out specifically or is it kind of the people that are just in your life that, you know, that's coaches maybe that you gravitate to and so you just seek him out or is it people kind of outside of your sphere that maybe you're struggling with something and you, you know, you seek out a new mentor?
1: Um, For me, I kind of go... I have a couple. I have one pastor in my in, who's a mentor of mine, who I go to, and then another f- uh, family friend of mine. Um, those are kind of my first two people I I go to. Um, my dad and I are really close too, so we talk. But it's always nice to have people you know outside of your immediate family to talk to. Um, so those are kind of my first people. I don't I don't really any personal issues or questions that I have. Um, I don't really necessarily take to coaches, but I think there is a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. I, I do have coaches that I, I could go to for any of those, um, for those reasons, but I tend to just keep it the people I'm close with and that are currently in my life.
0: Yeah, totally. I was just asking, I'm just curious, cause I think, like you said, it's just, it's changed my life to have people like that. And um, it sounds like it's really impacted you as well.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely has.
0: So I kind of want to ask you, you're at this point, you're just graduating, you're trying to pursue football still, giving it all you got, Um, thinking about the future. How? What are the ways you're being intentional about thinking about the future and just kind of what's your mindset with it?
1: Yeah. Um, I have two fields in life that Mm -hmm. I really want to at least attempt to make it in, and that is uh, football and business. Those are Mm -hmm. like my two things that I love to invest in, uh, work for, uh, with football. Obviously, like I said earlier, it, it definitely ends at some point. So it's always good to have a backup plan, something else that you can go to, um, and, be, and just, just being diverse, you know, and having a diverse, almost, almost kind of profile about yourself that you can contribute in different ways. Um, and so I think that's definitely important to have and even in just, just through school and education, like through college and high school, um, I think it's so important to like try different things. Um, you know, trying sports or going to business meetings that you may think are boring, just like learning from different people uh, and different audiences of people is what I love doing that. And that's actually one of the reasons I love traveling a lot is just to see different cultures, ethnicities, um, learn from other people uh, learn from other areas it's super beneficial to being more open-minded and really growing your own personality when you can learn from someone else that you may not know their situation or you may get to learn from them that impacts your life that you didn't even anticipate you know kind of back to that god appointment that he sets up that we don't see coming so just being open-minded and um being attentive to what God may have right in front of you that, and sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we miss it. And then we notice it later. And then that person who we thought we'd we'd never be friends with, you know, they actually impact your life in a big way. So.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. It just, it's one of the reasons I love books, right? And I love meeting people is that no matter what we want to do, I think there's someone that's been there before us. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And so, why not learn from someone else? I mean, you can pick up a book of someone's life and learn of their 60, 70 years of experience all in 300 pages in a book. Like, how do you not take advantage of that? Right. I mean, it's just, that's a good perspective. There's, there's so much to learn and it's like, why would I try to, why would I try to do all this myself? Right. It's almost, I mean, it's dumb. It's stupid to just try to do all this yourself without learning and noticing from other people. And, gaining from their experience and just being aware. And so I just, I really wanted to resonate that because that's a unique perspective. That's a good point. And so something you mentioned is, you know, football still seems like the goal right now, which I think is awesome. And I just want to challenge you just cause I want to, I just want to hear your perspective on this is that, do you feel like having a backup plan is holding you back at all? Or do you think that, having a black backup plan to fall into is actually to your advantage at this point.
1: I think it's to my advantage because it keeps you grounded. You know, it's very similar to like investing financially, right? Mm-hmm. If all your money's in one pot, it's just That's not going to work. Yeah. So, you know, being able to have different avenues that you can go to um, and like grow yourself as a person is super beneficial Um, I think if I was just all about football, not only would I miss out on a lot and miss out on a lot of people, but that's just, for me, that's just a really like boring, boring kind of lifestyle to have, you know, because then, then life's all about football and Mm -hmm. I, I don't want that to happen. Um, there's so much to see and learn and, um, grow from outside of just a sport. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that. I do at times as well, you know. Sometimes my whole life's about football, and that's all I want to talk about and read and watch. And I kind of have to be reminded that it's it's okay and it's good to have different perspectives and avenues to learn from and and grow from too.
0: Totally, I love that. I just I just wanted to ask. I was just curious yeah. what you thought, and you definitely nailed it on the head. I love that. Um, so kind of you mentioned the investing, and so how you and I actually got introduced. I guess two years, almost two years ago now was we were starting an investment club on campus and we're looking for people to join it and you wanted to join it and be in part of the leadership position. So you're a freshman at this point, freshman. Um, Obviously you didn't seem like a freshman, but I'm just curious. I mean, you're a marketing major, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you want to join the investment club?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to be plugged in some way in terms of, you know, something outside of football. Like I wanted to be a part of something that, you know, it wasn't my name and for myself, like my name and with football. Like I didn't want to be a guy on campus that was just all wrapped around Fox athletics. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I wanted to do something more than that. And I wanted to learn from, you know, guys like yourself and um, the rest of the group that I knew were way ahead of me. In finances and business and things like that, um, I wanted to learn from you from from you guys too and see what you had to offer because I think it's definitely important and people will become super successful if they surround themselves around people that are better than them. Hmm. If you surround yourself around people that are better than you, you're you're ultimately going to grow even more. And so, coming in wanting to join the investment club, I knew I knew very little about investing at all like and you know this i knew very little um i hadn't really done any investing before anyway so i just looked in as an opportunity to like take advantage of what was being presented and really kind of pour my time into something else besides sports and see if i could grow in that in that area since it, totally. it, it, is, a, it is it is a very important aspect of life you know finances is huge mm-hmm. a lot of relationships um are destroyed because of finances mm-hmm. so you know anytime people our age are serious about that and want to do it the right way i try to you know gravitate myself around that too
0: yeah and no, i love that i think it's something that's really missed out on i mean obviously i'm a little biased because i'm a finance major right but i think everyone has to deal with their money yeah you know on an individual level and on a company level every church has Deal with their finances, right? And they have to make financial decisions. And the more people ignore that, the more they're ignoring like something that's very serious. And like you said, can be a root cause of a lot of problems, issues. And actually, you know, it's uncomfortable sometimes to talk about money, but I think actually being intentional about that is so, so key. And I was, you know, I was blessed to be able to talk about that with my dad and my grandfather growing up, right? And it was just, I'm blessed by that. And it's, it's completely changed my perspective when you think about it. And so seeking out people like that, I totally agree. Really important. Yeah, for you know, sure. I love that. So honestly, Jaden, this has been awesome. And I wasn't expecting to talk about our faith so much, but I think that's such a unique perspective because, you know, people can see that you play football, right. And that you're, you know, extremely smart and ambitious and motivated and it also resonates and it just rings true with your character so much. And I just feel like I've learned so much about you. And so I just, I kind Thank of you. want to finish up. Like, when did you, when did you start taking your faith so seriously? Has this been something that you've always, like, you just grew up in a Christian home. This has always come natural or when did, when did that kind of become the focus of your life?
1: Yeah. I've always grown up in a Christian home. Um, but I definitely felt like when I was younger, it was kind of, i'm it was my parents' thing, more than it was me. I was, mm-hmm. I was, as a really young kid, like I was always passionate about God, and um, but I don't think I really knew why, you know. I just kind of how I grew up, and so I would say I started becoming serious about my faith um, my senior year of high school. Mm. Um, why is that? It was after football actually, and something didn't work out the way I wanted to. And I just kind of spiraled a little bit um, kind of went through a seven month period where I was just mad at God didn't want anything to do with him, didn't want anything to do with church and just it, it was it was definitely a tough time for me mentally because i I just didn't want anything to do with God at all and so it literally was about a week or two before uh, I left for fall camp for Fox. Mm-hmm and it's totally my perspective was just my perspective was changed i ran into a few life circumstances where like god definitely tested me and put me in tough positions and i was like okay like and so when i started to realize um my faith has to be like mine it mm-hmm. it can't be like my dad's or my mom's or my family's or my churches where like where i've grown up in like it's not it's not about that like it has to be my own and i have to really take it for myself if i want it and you know being in college and being on your own and leaving home for the first time like you're faced with a lot of choices you have to make a lot of choices do you want to be perceived as someone that goes with the crowd or someone that's different and I, and i and i've always wanted to be that type of guy i've always wanted to be someone that's different and someone that people can look to and and really point back to point back to god and and someone that they see as a leader and, and, and that's, I've always had that um, at the forefront of my mind, but I think growing up for me, it was a lot of works. Like I was a very based person and I'm just, you know, the past year, year and a half, I'm learning. It's not really about that, about, you know, what I do for so-and-so or what I do in the community or what do I do, what I do for my team. Like it, it doesn't come down to that because, If that's my if that's my mindset, then my faith's about me. It's not Mm. about God. It's not about my relationship. So, and being the position that I am as a football player, you know, I'm blessed to have the platform that I do. Mm. Um, Even though Fox is a small school and it's not a big school of like you know hundred thousand people, you know, it may not be that, but I truly believe that wherever God has you, like that's a big platform in itself. Like you can, you can use that platform for anything and you don't have to be some big name person. You don't have to be a sports player. You don't have to be a quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can just be a student that studies whatever, or be someone that's into music. Like it does not matter just because I play football or just because someone is high up in school in terms of like academics, just because of those two things, like doesn't make me or that other person better. Like we all have something to offer. Um, we all have a platform God's given us. Like we have a platform just because, you know, we, we're we alive and have breath. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's what you do with that. Are you just being idle and hoarding things for yourself? Or are you trying to see like other people get better? Are you trying to see other people grow? And, and you know, so that, that's kind of my thing with for my relationship with God. And mm-hmm. I've really been challenged with in college with my relationship because, there's so many ways to just not take it seriously. You know, there's so many ways to um, not think about God and definitely stepping away from home has made me realize that, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be someone that wants to be different, he wants to one day like lead a family of my own and stuff like that. And kind of the, the deeper things of life, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: am I going to try to do that? Like on my own strength or do I want to be someone that, you know, has God at the center and I, i'd rather do the latter so Mm, that's kind of my that's kind of my whole um, mentality and perspective
0: of that Mm, that's such a unique approach i love how you said in there i mean a couple things but first off being that we are all given a platform right to serve god and i think we're all called to be ministers right and not in the traditional sense of you know teaching at a church or in ministry but being ministry and what we're doing right whether that's in football whether that's in business whether that's in finance that's in other sports anything like that i think we all have a platform to serve god and i just love that perspective and i think the other thing that just really resonates with me is that you know you kind of came to god in a time that was tough right and tough in your life and i think there's two ways that it can go when that happens is we can continue to sit and blame god right. And say that it's his fault, or we can actually take ownership and say, no, God, I haven't been seeking after you. Mm -hmm. And so you actually did seek God. And I just, I love that so much. And I think, you know, whenever things are going well, it feels like we need God less, but when things are going tough, like that's actually when we need him the most. And so I just, that's awesome. And the key
1: thing with that too, is that, that I've had to learn, um, just recently is that if you are called, like, if you're one of God's own, If you don't want to do something, you're eventually going to do it regardless if you want to or not.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: So, you know, let's just take Jonah, for example, in the Bible. He did not want to go to Nineveh at all.
0: So explain, explain Jonah for people that don't know.
1: Yeah. So in the Old Testament, Jonah was a prophet and God asked him to go to Assyria, which was a really dominant kingdom back then. And they had just recently taken over Israel, which, which Jonah was an Israelite. And so God asked him to go to literally the most horrid, disastrous um, place at that time in the world. Um, it would be like asking a Christian to go into the hardest place in the world right now where Christian persecution is at a maximum
0: like the Middle go, East or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Go just go just go there and and um deliver a message to the ruler of that region. Like mm-hmm. that's literally what he was asked to do. And he was like, "Oh no way. I'm not doing that." Like like he was thinking he he was acting like God had lost his mind. Mm-hmm. So he actually, if you look at the story, he went the whole opposite direction. He went to this place called Tarsus, which was the opposite side of Assyria. It was like the complete opposite side. And sometimes we make choices in life that put us on the complete opposite side of where we know God wants us to go. And so God actually, you know, regardless of what Jonah wanted, God got him to Assyria on his own. So, you know, an example for myself personally is, um, since football has been such an obsession for me growing up and I've had some, so many ambitions with it. Um, my goal was always to go to a big D one school and play football. That was mm-hmm. always been my goal. And part of my senior year I had, you know, I, I committed to George Fox and I was actually really mad at first. I was like, cause I knew it was a D three school. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I was like, I've always had this goal since I was a little kid and I'm going D three, like And at the time I really, you know, looked at D3 badly. Like I looked down upon it and God just showed me that even though I didn't want to go there, like that's where I was going. Hmm. So, and when I got there, like, and and D3 football's legit too, Mm -hmm. you know, like there, there there's some dudes there too. And it really changed my perspective about people that go D3. And I think that a lot of D3 athletes are probably some of the most strongest athletes that are out there because mm-hmm. you're paying to be there. You're paying to wake up every day <laughs> and, and train and practice. You know, no, no one's giving us money for that. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said about the integrity of an athlete at, at that level. So mm-hmm. those are just two things that what I mean by, you know, God's going to take you where he wants and it's mm-hmm. true. You know, so what, true? just look at what's happening right now. Like no, none of us expected this global pandemic but yeah yeah here we are you know if you would have asked anyone uh, at the beginning of 2020 do you want to be locked in your house for a month or two and everyone would have said no but yeah at the end of the day like you know you just those things are out of your control hmm.
0: totally that's a great perspective yeah well Jaden, this has been awesome honestly i've learned so much more about you and i think there's so much value in our conversation so thank you so much for being on
1: thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: definitely and that wraps up this episode of the grasping life podcast i really hope you guys enjoyed it feel free to subscribe for new episodes and if you got any value out of this feel free to share it with someone else who might as well i would love to connect with you on instagram twitter and linkedin if you search for lane kimbrough and it would make me super happy if you wanted to chat about it on the phone My number is 720-625-2905, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Until next time.